It's a Farm Friday. Let's talk Tampa Bay Rays. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And we are talking Tampa Bay Rays on this Farm Friday, the number two system heading into the 2022 season. Before we do, quick reminder, Monday is our mailbag. If you have questions, you can get them to us a couple different ways. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at LockedOnFarm. Again, we do those mailbags every single Monday. Get your questions in. We'll get them answered next week. So when looking at the Tampa Bay Rays farm system, the first thing you have to acknowledge is this is a had a historically good year last year. So the Tampa Bay Rays system, every full season affiliate either won the championship, won their league, division, whatever, or in the case of the Montgomery Biscuits, came in second place, made the playoffs, and played for the championship. So, I mean, the records here... Uh, Low A, 82 and 38. High A, 82 and 36. Double A, 62 and 55, second place. And then Triple A, 86 and 44. Shows you the level of talent that Tampa had in this system, as well as the distribution of talent. They weren't all congregated at one level. And you can see that now when you go in and you look at this, uh, at these teams and you look at where these guys are. So the Charleston River Dogs, it's a low A team. Again, 82 and 38 last year, but they've got a couple top 15 prospects there headlined by shortstop Carson Williams. So, uh, 2020 first round pick out of California. And, you know, prep kid who was seen as a pitcher that played shortstop, they have moved him uh, solely to shortstop. He batted, he hit over 400 in a wood bat uh, championship his senior year. And so, they took him in the first round, put him to the Florida Complex League, had a good debut, but didn't get enough at-bats because Tampa had so many guys there. And something where his swing is very simple, right? Doesn't have a lot of stuff in there, and he really kind of understands uh, how to work a count against a pitcher for his age. Uh, definitely a hitter over a defender, but um, has above average hands, is good enough uh, at defense to stick it short. And it's something where he tends to lean on his arm a little bit too much. And when you're a pitcher who can hit 95, you do that. So he's going to need to work a little bit on some of the fundamentals, the footwork, the first step, things like that. But of all of the different shortstops that they have at that low A level in Charleston, he's a guy, I feel good about his defense at short. I feel like his bat's good enough to move to third if he needs to. I mean, he's probably a good 18 to 20 home run guy. So somebody who can move to third, obviously that plus arm helps you there at the hot corner. And the reason that he may have to move to third is the guy who he, who's, next, who's there next to him at low A in Willie Vasquez. So uh, 2019 international free agent and a guy that was signed with the intention of moving him to third base and he's just kind of stuck at short. He's gotten bigger, he's gotten stronger, but he's put in the work to 
be able to stick it short. It reminds me a lot of like a Willie Adamas, where Willie Adamas was a guy that they kind of figured he was going to outgrow shortstop, and he kept working, whether it was conditioning, flexibility, defensive drills, and was able to stick it short. Kind of the same thing with the Willie Vasquez. And so he's got the range, he's got the hands, he's got the body control, he's got the arm. The big question for him is, can he continue to focus on developing his defense? Now, offensively, looks to be above average. He's got good bat speed. He can drive a ball. He gets good exit velos and kind of understands not only an offensive approach at the plate, but also understands what it means to lead a team and a lot of those intangibles that we can't really measure that well yet. So uh, I think he's got one of the better combinations like for an all-around game as far as how good he can hit, uh, how good his defense can be, and all of that. Uh, definitely a guy who, again, going to be in low A, can move up to high A, but definitely should be the guy to stick it short with a Carson Williams at third. And then the third guy I really like on this team is Sandy Gaston. Um, Gaston? Disney, anybody? Uh, the pitcher. So 6'3", 200. International signing out of 20 in 2018. One of the best arms in his entire system. So he was hitting... 97 miles an hour at 16. Uh, he, can, he can reach back and touch 100 miles an hour. He regularly sits in the high 90s. And it's something where when he first started, his control wasn't very good. Had a lot of stuff going on in his delivery. And the Rays really helped streamline a lot of that down. Got him a much shorter arm action. It's repeatable. He can do it more. <clears throat> he still needs to work on the control. It's got to improve significantly. But... He's shown that, you know, that, that he can do that. Um, he's got the fastball, obviously, very good. He's got a slider. Um, I got a slurvy breaking ball. He's got a power curve. And so he can have three average to above average pitches with the plus fastball if he can work on the control. And again, it's got to improve quite a bit. But the raw tools are there. You're just working on refining it. So a guy I really like there at low A. And again, I'm big on being aggressive with pitchers and promoting them aggressively. I want him to stick there for a while just to work on that control. And then when you look at um, Bowling Green, so the high A affiliate, again, 82-36, really good last year. Uh, the Bowling Green hot rods. But the thing here, so a couple guys rather noticeable, uh, notable. The first one being Heriberto Hernandez. So he was a guy in the Nate Lau trade with the Rangers last year. Um, was one of the was really good in the fall league until he got an oblique injury. But incredible exit velos. I mean, crushing balls at 110 plus plus raw power. Still needs to work that into his regular game. Um, and he's gonna have to hit because he's not good at defense. Uh, I mean, he is a below-average defender in the corners. He's got above-average arm, but like a like well below average speed. He's just a big boy that hits tanks. So excellent bat speed, can get on base, can hit for power, just doesn't have a defensive home. That kind of has to figure out what he's going to do there. Um, but you you have to pay attention to those type of tools because somebody with those types of tools can obviously make an impact if they can figure out some of the extra stuff. Some of the defense uh, can figure out the consistent hitting approach. And then right-hand pitcher Seth Johnson. So the number 12 uh, pit prospect in the system, 2019 signee out of Campbell. And 
unlike me, the Rays are very much on the slow development path with their guys. And Johnson's one of those. I was a shortstop as well in college. They kind of stuck with him there uh, at pitcher. Didn't have a great first half of the season. First 12 outings, he went four, had a 4.62 ERA. Final 11 starts, 0.84. So really kind of figured it out. Um, when he's on, he looks like he's a number three or so. He's got a great power slider. Um, he's got a good velo, 95 to 97 on a four-seam fastball. Um, needs to get better at commanding some of the secondaries as well as the fastball. He's got a curveball. It's kind of fringy. It's like a get-me-over. The changeup is not great. Um, question here is, he needs to put it together kind of quickly this year because he's Rule 5 eligible after this season. So he's somebody who you're either going to see get promoted rather quickly or he's going to end up being Rule 5 eligible. Somebody will take him and give him a little more time to develop into um, into a consistent big leaguer. But a guy who, if he can work on developing the control behind some of those secondaries, I absolutely think can be a weapon for the Rays and a mid-rotation starter. And in just a minute, I want to get to my favorite of the affiliates, the Montgomery Biscuits. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. So Built Bars are the protein bars that taste like candy bars. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're good tasting and they're good for you. Uh, most built bars are 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. So a uh, huge variety of the flavors. White chocolate cookies and cream, mint brownie, coconut almond, uh, blueberry muffins, a new one that was introduced. If you don't like the regular flavors or the recurring flavors, there's all kinds of other products to try. The puffs are protein-infused marshmallows. Again, covered in chocolate. You can do banana cream pie. Uh, churro, coconut marshmallow, things like that. So go to built.com, uh, check out the list of all of the items, like both the bars and the other offerings, whether it's the puffs, the broth, whatever it is. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. It's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. So Blue Nile is the original online jeweler. So if you are like Mother's Day's coming up. If you're looking for a statement piece or like everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for the mom in your life, the wife of your children, things like that. You can shop high quality classic diamond earrings, tennis bracelets, gemstone pendant necklaces. You can even customize and build your own piece of jewelry. So this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. Uh, locked on sports listeners get $50 off of 500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. So use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, it ships free, and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress free and find your forever piece at bluenile.com today. Okay, so the, the biscuits. The Biscuits are my favorite minor league affiliate. Part of that is because they're an hour from my house. But a ton of talent on this team, specifically in the infield. So uh, when you go to a Biscuits game, you're going to see number five uh, system prospect, Curtis Mead. Corner infielder, he's playing third right now. Another raised prospect that doesn't have a dedicated defensive home. Um, he's from Australia. Looked like he was going to be an Australian rules football player. His dad played baseball in Australia, professional baseball in Australia. 
um, but was traded from the Phillies to the Rays in 2019. Um, really good combination of like power, contact, hitting ability. Um, so he's got some of the best average exit velos. I mean, he averages like 90 miles an hour per ball he hits with high contact. He only strikes out 15% of the time. Um, not Doesn't hit a ton of home runs, has a lot of line drives, but it's something where they go in the gaps. That's something he can definitely grow into. Defensively, that's the question, and that's going to be the limiting factor for Curtis Mead. So range is average at third base. Um, he can't, like... He's a below average runner. He's probably going to get slower. So like even like left left field is probably not going to work. He's got a long unorthodox throw. He has to get his feet set before he can do it. Probably going to be a first baseman. And I know right now you got Yiman Choi at the big league level. Um, Curtis Maine's only 21. And so he's going to start, he's going to start in double A. Realistically, by the end of next season, you can have Curtis Meade in Tampa, playing first for the Tampa Bay Rays. And to go along with him, you're going to see shortstop Greg Jones. So 2019, first rounder out of college. And this is the thing the Rays do, right? The Rays find, uh, they either find elite offensive tools and find a home for them, or they find shortstops that can hit because if you can play shortstop, you can play anywhere else. And so... Um, Greg Jones is a guy similar profile-wise to Josh Lau, a uh, power speed guy. He's uh, Greg has had injuries, though. A shoulder injury his draft year, a knee injury in 2020, a quad injury at the end of last season. So he, uh, he's one of the fastest runners in the entire system, like plus-plus speed. He stole 34 bases in 36 tries, plus raw power. Uh, very good bat speed behind that. And then the the arm plus arm. He's probably has the best arm of any Rays infielder, including Carson Williams, the former pitcher. Uh, he makes a ton of like highlight plays, but sometimes messes up the routine ones. He's like that wide receiver that makes the one-handed leaping catches and then drops a pass and hits him in the hands while he's standing stationary. Um, he does need to get better offensively. He needs to refine a bit. He doesn't work counts that well. He likes, you know, he, he can get fooled by something moving out of the zone you know, a slider down the way, things like that. Uh, he'll probably end up capping about 15, 20 home runs, but just that speed, the power that's developing absolutely has an incredibly high ceiling. You can always fall back and put him into center field and have him be a super rangy center fielder. But uh, we'll, we'll be at double A this year, uh, turning double plays along with number eight overall prospect in the system, Xavier Edwards playing second base. Uh, he was in the 2019 Hunter Renfro trade. It was like Tommy Pham and Jake Cronenworth went to San Diego. Um, and unless Edwards ends up being like a superstar, Tampa's going to want that trade back. Uh, he has one career home run, or he had one career home run, added the second one last year, but has hit over 300. So just pure contact hitter. He can connect with almost anything, but it's almost always a single. I think he's like 17% of his career hits have gone for extra bases. So... Needs to get more power behind him. He was at second base all year last year. Uh, above average defender. Um, plus to plus plus speed, depending on the day. But it's something where, I mean, pure contact hitter, there's going to be a role for him. But the difference in being like a utility guy 
and an everyday player is can he add some power? Can he add a little bit of power? So, um, needs to figure that out again. I mean, terrible grades on power, but great hitting, great speed, good enough fielding where he's going to be useful for a major league roster. You just want him to be a little bit of power. And then behind these guys, you're going to have um, outfielder Cameron Misner. So the, the great thing about Cameron is when he was in college at Missouri, great combination of power and speed. Um, lost a lot of time as far as 2020. Lost that season. Um, and, you know, this was all, like he ended up getting traded um, from Miami to the Rays in the Joey Wendell deal. And so of his 650 or so plate appearances, he is a three true outcomes guy. Um, 42% are either a walk, a home run, or a strikeout. So absolutely a, a three true, true outcomes guy. And somebody where um, he's got the defense, the athleticism to play in center. He can play left or right. He's got good speed. He's, he's good at stealing bases, above average arm strength. He just has to work on uh, rely, like on contact, keeping his bat in the zone, uh, being more consistent, not striking out as much. So another guy going to Montgomery, a uh, lot of talent there, a lot of, a lot of promise. You just have to tease it out. And a guy that you don't have to tease talent out of in Montgomery is Taj Bradley. Uh, who extremely young when they drafted him, but uh, one of the steals of the 2018 draft, fifth round pick out of high school. Uh, in 2021, he led the entire minors in ERA, 183, and was top 10 in whip, 0.93, and opponent's batting average, like 180. So mid-90s on his fastball, can touch 97 with it. Uh, he has a slider that he, he's, he's, he went from a, Curveball with it to a slider with it. So the slider flashes plus. He can throw it for strikes. He can get hitters to chase it out of the zone as well. Um, still has that curve. Can still use it, but the slider's better. Uh, has a change. Is kind of average. The big thing about him is he's got a very good arm action, and he's getting better at figuring it out when he loses it in, during an outing, which is a big thing. I mean, if you lose your release point, you lose your delivery, kind of get out of sync. He's starting to figure out how to put himself back on. Now, if you're a starting pitcher trying to develop, no place you'd rather be than Tampa Bay. Um, he's going to be that same guy. He's probably going to spend m- most of 22 in, Tam- uh, in Montgomery, as well as some of 23 before you finally get him into Tampa. But uh, an absolute electric arm and somebody who I'm very excited to go watch in person. And in just a minute, I want to talk to you about the the AAA team, the Durham Bulls. Uh, everybody knows them uh, and some of the stuff that they're doing. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and your sports info. You can get the sports developments and news about the basketball playoffs with the NBA. Uh, obviously, Major League Baseball season. I think hockey's still going on. Not sure. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and BetOnline is obviously your continued source for all of that. Sports wagering information for all of those sports, live betting, playoffs, esports, all of that. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. And if you're anything like me, I mean, you're following a ton of minor league teams, your favorite uh, teams, minor league affiliates, 
uh, and what they're doing in those prospects. You can't always keep up with the MLB results from day to day. Uh, I have very much enjoyed Lock, the Locked On Now podcast. So Locked On MLB prospects, first listen, obviously. For the next listen, make it Locked On Now. You get recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It has been what I do every morning on my commute just to kind of keep up with what's going on around Major League Baseball. So the the top affiliate for Tampa Bay is the Durham Bulls. We're all familiar with the Durham Bulls from the movie Bull, uh, Bull Durham, November 87 with Kevin Costner. But uh, this team, again, really good team last year. 86 and 44, first place in AAA. And a lot of talent here, a lot more of those, those flexible guys. So one of my favorite players that I wish would have an opportunity to come up and play in Tampa, Vidal Bruhan. So started to be a second baseman when he got into college, uh, got into the pros, 2014 IFA. But last year, he, you know, like he's become a true utility guy. Played more than 15 games at second at shortstop. Uh, played more than 15 games at each outfield spot and then played six games at third. So can play anywhere on the diamond. Led all AAA hitters with 44 stolen bases. And the thing that's frustrating is he can play everywhere. So because of that, he's not playing anywhere. Uh, He has the range to be an above-accurate center fielder. He's got a plus-accurate arm. Uh, He can turn double play when he's in the the infield. He's got a good first step and amazing speed. Uh, So can play anywhere. But offensively, he he struggles a bit. His average exit velo is like 87. He's unlikely to be a power hitter, but he's, you know, he might be good for 10 or 15 home runs a year. But his speed combined with his above average contact means that he's going to get plenty of doubles and extra bases. Um, I don't really know how he gets regular at-bats. He got called up briefly last year, and I actually picked him up in fantasy. He got I got a steal on like his first game. And he didn't play for three days because he's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. There's not a spot right now in Tampa where he's a better option than what the Rays have there. So he feels like a guy where the ideal scenario that you're going to see for him is he plays five days a week at four or five different positions. He plays a corner outfield one day. Then he plays short to back up Wander Franco. Then he plays a third. Then he plays a second. Then he plays center. Then he gets a day off. And then he, you know, and so it feels like that's what's going to end up happening with him. He's a Swiss Army knife, uh, super utility guy, um, but somebody who can get called up at any time and I think can contribute at the major league level once he does. Uh, to go along with him um, is Isaac Paredes. So Isaac Paredes, um, was traded from the Cubs to the Tigers and then got traded from the Tigers to the Rays in the, in the Meadows deal this spring training. And so um, doesn't have, not super athletic, but he can hit. He's got really good strike zone discipline. Um, came up as a shortstop. Now he's a third baseman, so he's, a, he's an infielder. But somebody who could absolutely be um, a first division player just needs an opportunity. And again, another situation where He's not necessarily any better than anybody than somebody Tampa has in Tampa already. And you see that a lot with these Rays players where they've got really good prospects. They just don't have a place to put them. Not a place to play. 
you saw that to get Josh Lau, the number two prospect in the system, to get him up into Tampa, they had to trade Austin Meadows. Like, that's what it took to find a spot for him. Uh, It is cool that he's playing, um, well, it was cool that he was in the same system as his brother. His brother is now a Ranger. Uh, But Josh greatly improved his offense last year, and that's why he's now at the major league level. Um, He's got good power. He's got good speed. He's got good defense. He's playing left right now because Kevin Kiermaier's in center. I think once Kiermaier's done, I believe he's in the last year of his deal. Uh, He absolutely is the center fielder of the future. you know, he he trades some batting average for power, but he's going to hit well enough to stick at the major league level. And and so, but you saw, to get him in the lineup, they had to trade a player away. And that's where this Tampa Bay system is now. They have a lot of really good prospects, but they're behind good players at the big league level. So uh, you may see more trades. Not quite sure how it's going to shake out. Um, and a guy you're, you're not going to see traded, probably because he's hurt, uh, Shane Boz. So... 2017 first rounder out of high school. Uh, if he was traded, like he was in the Chris Archer deal. And if he was a one-to-one trade for Chris Archer, you'd have been fine with it. But the deal, if you remember, was Chris Archer for Tyler Glasnow, Austin Meadows, who's now a Tiger, and a player to be named later, which was Shane Boss. So very, very good. Um, like, very good deal for Tampa. Uh, but, and we've talked about him before on the show, when he was a pirate, threw a lot of two-seamers, threw a lot of curveballs. The Rays moved him over to a four-seam fastball and a slider. Uh, he's hitting, he can hit 100 miles an hour on that fastball. Um, it moves almost a foot of vertical movement. Uh, the slider, really tight, tons of spin to it. And so, uh, weapon to attack hitters. The change up, so he still has that curveball. It's kind of iffy. The changeup is something that he needs to work on it. Um, but right now, he is he's injured. He had elbow surgery. Like they called him up for the playoffs last year. Like that's how big they that's how much they believe in him. He made playoff starts for them. Uh, but he's out right now. Had an elbow procedure. I think he's on the sixty day IL. So somebody where you definitely once he gets healthy, you're going to see him in Tampa and possibly for a while. Um. Just an absolute great player. And again, tons of talent in this system. It's really hard to, to imagine uh, Tampa Bay not having the talent to fill any sort of hole that comes up, whether it's a second baseman, whether it's an outfielder, whoever would miss time, they've got a dude who can come in and fill that spot more than adequately. Um, reminder that Monday's our mailbag. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm, or you can email us lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com. Until then, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. <laughs>